to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life, but open to all to enjoy and share. My name is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You, through interviews with various experts and professionals on relationships, investing, self-worth, entrepreneurship, love, and health. This podcast is committed to empowering and spreading knowledge and motivation to all. Rise Up For You, be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hello everyone, this is Netalina, the CEO and the founder of Rise Up For You. Thank you for joining us today. We have an awesome episode that I really think you're going to enjoy. We're going to be talking about health and how to really make sure that we are practicing the right ways to have a healthy lifestyle. Ditching the diets and making sure that we're eating the right way and truly building an understanding for our own body personally. So today we have Samantha Grant, who has helped thousands on their path to wellness. She specializes in the hormonal balancing, correcting metabolism irregularities, and weight loss. Highly in demand for her knowledge in multiple disciplines of health, Samantha inspires others with her keynote presentations and workshops and was recently featured on the CBS show, The Doctors. She's also responsible for designing the program that helps Chaz Bono drop 85 pounds and change his lifestyle for good. Samantha has been featured in U.S. Weekly, Salon City Magazine, Red Magazine, is a popular contributor to CelebBuzz.com, MyLifestyle.com, and GlutenFreeSchool.com. She works with A-list celebrities, heads of state, VIPs in numerous industries, and everything in between. Samantha has trained and continues to work with renowned medical doctors and experts worldwide. And today, she is here to talk with us about nutritional training and how to make sure that we are living a healthy lifestyle. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Thank you again, Samantha, for joining us today. I always like to start off the show by getting to know our guests. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. I am a certified nutritionist in Los Angeles. I've been in practice about 15 years in Los Angeles, but I also work with clients all over the world, some people I've never met face-to-face. My focus is mainly on functional medicine and nutrition, so I do a lot of state-of-the-art type of testing, saliva testing, stool testing, um, allergy testing, things that sometimes Western doctors miss or don't look at close enough, and mainly because they're not educated or they don't have the time or insurance doesn't cover their time to, to do such specialized tests. I have a practice with an endocrinologist in Beverly Hills, Dr. Eva Queenar. So I work with a lot of women Mainly, uh, I do have some men in my practice, but a lot of women come to me um, because there are issues with their thyroid or their adrenals. Um, they have difficulty losing weight or they just don't feel well. A lot of times people just will say, I just want to feel better. You know, I need my energy back because we're all so busy and working so hard and wearing so many hats. My job is really to come in and fine-tune and support them and give them a, a program that works for their lifestyle, but also obviously gives them results and helps them achieve their goals. 
I'm married, been married for 21 years, which I think is a record in Los Angeles. My husband is uh, a writer, and we have an 11-year-old son who we adore, who is a basketball player, a violin player, and speaks Japanese at his school. So Wow. (laughs) Pretty full, exciting, fun life. I love what I do. I sleep, eat, breathe it, talk it. It's just ingrained in my life. And um, I love educating people because there's so much misinformation, especially on television. One of my favorite things to do is look at commercials and just listen to some of the, the misinformation that is out there. And One thing I'll share with people is, you know, these are people that are selling you food. That is their main goal. It's not about health. They want to sell food to you. So education is a big part of what I do in my practice. um, And it gives me a lot of joy and satisfaction to be able to do that. How did you get into this field or was there, have you always been interested in this topic or did you kind of journey your way into this? Yeah, that's a funny story and very interesting. Um, My undergrad is in communication studies, and so I studied public relations and communications. And when uh, I moved to L.A. with my husband, that's what I started working in. And one year for his birthday, a friend gave him a book called Diet for New America by John Robbins. John Robbins is a hardcore vegan I'm not. I support that lifestyle. Someone wants, if that's their choice, but just want to clarify that because it's interesting that that book is what really opened my eyes to health and nutrition. And I was reading, that book was kind of like a gateway book for me. I started reading everything I could get my hands on about health and nutrition. And one day my husband looked at me and he said, you should find a way or a job that you can do this. This is what you spend all your time, extra time doing. And I wasn't exactly thrilled to be working in advertising at the time. So I was like, oh, (laughs) you know, someone else had to point it out to me. I didn't, my mind didn't even go there that that could be a job. You know, it was just something I did in my spare time. And so I was, you know, looking for a school that supported a lot of my ideas about health and nutrition. And I couldn't find one here in in terms of the university system, which I was surprised because you're in Southern California and none of the dietitian programs were geared toward health, really. They were geared toward the food pyramid and, you know, feeding people in hospitals and the exact opposite of, of what my goal was. So I went into a homeopathic pharmacy in West LA. This woman was working there. She's a manager. Her name was Pam Healy. She said, oh, there's a school. Oh, we have, there's a lovely alternative school. And she gave me a brochure. Turns out I could walk to the school from my house. (laughs) It was so close. And I didn't even know it existed. So it's American University of Complementary Medicine. So I started my studies there. Uh, I studied homeopathy, hypnotherapy, uh, nutrition, obviously. And that's what started it. And I actually, when she, when I graduated, she offered me a job there. So I started working at Apothecary Pharmacy in West LA. At that time, it was one of the two uh, homeopathic pharmacies here. So it was a fantastic uh, kind of turn of events. How every the doors just kept opening. It's like everywhere I looked for an answer, it was right there in front of me. And then. Um, 
I opened my own practice a few years later once I had a lot of experience. And to this day, I still work with Santa Monica Homeopathic Pharmacy, which I've been with for about 13 years um, on a very part-time basis. But it's the largest uh, homeopathic pharmacy in the country. It's also the longest running homeopathic pharmacy. been open uh, longer than any other pharmacy, 1944 is when um, that pharmacy was founded. And it's like a community service. People come in, there are no charge for consultations. They get information, questions answered, and then we have you know amazing products to help support them. So it, it's hard to leave there because I feel so supported there and I'm with my peers and, and it's giving back to the community. It's just such a great experience and how all that unfolded with Diet for a New America by John Robbins. <laughs> you know? Wow. So this is this is a very interesting topic because, as you said, there's a lot of misconceptions that come um, in regards to health. And, you know, when people think about their health and fitness, there's, I mean, there's two things that they think about. Either you go to the gym and you work out as much as possible to lose weight or you, you know, watch your weight, go on a diet, eat certain foods. But so you're doing something that's a little bit more abstract. Let's dive into it a little bit. So you mentioned earlier that you do like saliva testing and st- stool testing. What does that look like? So when a client comes in and they say, you know, I'm struggling with my energy or um, I can't seem to lose weight. What's what's the next step for you? The next step for me, before they come in, I have them fill out a four or five page questionnaire. So I have a pretty good idea of kind of the blueprint and the path that I want to follow with them as soon as I read their information or actually as soon as I send the first email, a lot of times I get a lot of clues from that. I liken my job as a, as a health detective. I mean, I just, that's, I love it. I love the investigation and the discovery. So a lot of times I'll ask them to bring in labs from their Uh, medical doctor because I can get a lot of information from basic labs and because I read a lab differently than a medical doctor reads a lab if I see something that stands out there for instance if I see their thyroid looks a little on the low side but it's still within normal range I think this is where a lot of confusion happens because there's a normal range on a blood test and then there's an optimal range within that blood test so just because you're in range For instance, uh, TSH, thyroid-stimulating hormone, um, the range on a lab is 0.5 to 5. So if you fall anywhere between 0.5 and 5, you you are considered normal with thyroid function. However, in functional medicine, the range should be between 1 and 2. So if someone comes in and I automatically see their TSH is 2.5 and they have a list of hypothyroid symptoms, for instance, no matter what I do, I can't lose weight, I've been counting calories, I've been to the gym, I haven't changed anything about my diet, or I'm so tired I have to take a nap in the middle of the day, my hair is thinning, my nails are breaking, um, and then I notice maybe their ferritin or their iron is low, I start putting together a picture of what's going on with the person. So based on that information, um, I may you know, run further tests. I may send them back to their medical doctor so that insurance will pick up the tab. And if their medical doctor is open to running some more tests, I'll ask for more information because I want to see the full panel. A lot of times we don't get the full information on a standard lab. So if that works with their doctor, that's great. If not, I have the ability to do hormonal saliva testing, which is 
in my opinion, the most accurate way to look at hormone levels because hormones are active in tissues. They're not active in blood. So a blood test will only tell you how many, you know, the amount of hormones. It doesn't tell you where they are, what they're doing, where saliva really tells you the tissue amounts of these hormones. Um, sometimes it leads to food sensitivity testing. Um, if they have eczema, rashes, struggle with migraines, sinus issues, I start to look at food as being um, a food intolerance or a food sensitivity. So we may do some food sensitivity testing, which is a blood test. And then, of course, a big part of my work in the past couple of years have, has been with gastrointestinal disorders. Um, I have a per personal experience with that. My mother has had quite a few challenges uh, with her gastrointestinal system, and we've been trying to find answers. We tried to find answers for a long time, and we finally did uh, find that she has something called SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And it's funny to me how my practice works and the universe works. It's kind of like clients will come in groups. So I'll have, you know, for like four months, I'll do all GI cases. Like everyone with a GI issue starts coming through. And then the next four months are all thyroid issues. It's very interesting, the ebb and flow of energy around that. So the stool testing is amazing. It's a three-day test. So all of these tests are performed uh, by the client in their own home, which makes it really easy. You don't have to make an appointment for a lab. You don't have to wait money. You don't have to drive to the lab, do everything at home. So the stool test allows me to see exactly what's going on in their digestive system. It tells me about their pancreatic function in terms of how they're breaking down their foods. It tells me if there's any inflammation, if there's a risk for colon cancer, if there's irritable bowel disorder or um, um, IBS you know, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, it also tells us if there's any overgrowth of abnormal bacteria or parasites or yeast. So it's a really great uh, roadmap that I use to help uh, people repair and rebuild their, their GI system because it really all begins with digestion. It's like, unless that's working properly, all the supplements in the world aren't going to help. So I do a lot of my work around the gut and gut health and restoring the gut. And a lot of that is through food. You know, food is the ultimate healer. Um, I'm a big supporter of bone broth for healing the gut. And of course, there are various specialty diets that I'll put clients on to help heal their issues, depending if it's, uh, you know, that bacterial overgrowth, if it's candida, if it's... Um, digestive insufficiencies there's lots of but food is always the foundation of that okay so based off of the results so what does your nutritional plan consist of is it the things that you should stay away from maybe some natural supplements and then a workout regimen would you yes. say those are the three areas that you would then give them a nutritional plan with well, I have to say a lot of the clients that I work with already have a workout plan in place. Okay. So I don't focus on that. Of course, I want to make sure that they're active. I ask them about their exercise habits. But I think because I'm in Southern California, it's kind of part of the culture here that everyone is doing some sort of exercise. Most What I'll do with the results is I will map out a specific nutritional plan, and not everyone gets the same plan. Now, the foundation is pretty similar. I am more of a real food person. I don't 
want there to be a lot of processed food. So I'll have the, their diet consists mainly of, you know, proteins, vegetables, fruits, and fats, and some, you know, starchy carbohydrates like sweet potatoes or squashes. I'm really, uh, I have found through my work through the years, and of course there's been an evolution in, as I grow and learn my, my practice and my clients benefit from that too. So maybe what I prescribed 10 years ago is not what I'm prescribing now because of the new information that's always out, which is why I love this field. There's always something to learn and I will never know it all, which is exciting to me because I'm constantly learning. But the basics are, you know, no grains, pretty much. Most of us cannot tolerate grains, especially if I'm dealing with someone that has you know, uh, gastrointestinal issues. So you're talking no rice, no pasta, right? No bread, no rice, no pasta and beans fall into that category as well in terms of inflammatory foods. So again, it's mainly proteins, vegetables, fats. Those are the three main things. And, you know, a little bit of fruit and a little bit of starchy carb, um, thrown in there depending on their lifestyle and their activity and and their needs and desires i spent you know i customize the plan and then the supplements also depending okay is there a bacterial presence that needs to be dealt with and there's going to be certain antibacterial formulas that i'm going to use is there an adrenal insufficiency do we need adrenal supportive herbs and tonics okay is it a thyroid issue are they on medication what medication and then what supplements support that medication, what supplements fill in where that medication maybe doesn't completely do it, or maybe that medication causes nutritional deficiencies, so then I supplement for that. So it's very customized. There's not like a one-size-fits-all plan at all in my approach. Okay, I just want to go back just a little bit because you you know, you're talking about maybe the, the things that are better to eat in regards to optimal Mm -hmm. health. Is this something that you would say like completely cut out of your diet, like in regards to starches, pastries and that kind of thing? I know that there's a lot of debate in the industry where half of the people say, you know, yes, these are the main food categories that you should be focusing on and cut everything out else out. And then the half, the other half of um, the health experts say that's not sustainable. Like everything is fine in moderation. So what's your take on it? And what exactly do you suggest? Are you suggesting that yes, cut it out? Or are you suggesting, you know, it's okay to treat yourself once a month or, you know, when you, what do you think? Yeah. Well, it depends again, because my work is so personalized and customized, it's hard for me to say, to answer that definitively. But if like the question you're asking me, of all the years and all the diets and all the programs that I've studied, um, you know, you name it, blood type, diet for new America, of course, you know, John, the vegan vegetarian plan, the, the blood type diet, the Atkins diet. I mean, we could go on for that. The one plan that makes the most sense and seems to benefit people the most, in my opinion, is, and I don't even like using the word paleo because it it just opens up a can of worms when you say the word paleo. People automatically assume that you're eating a ton of meat every day, which is not true. I I often (laughs) say I would put my diet against a vegetarian's any day and say I'd probably eat more vegetables because I was a vegetarian. And let me tell you, I wasn't eating vegetables at breakfast. And I'm eating vegetables now at breakfast, which I would. So I've done the veg- I've done them all. That's the thing. I've done all the plans, and I've done all the research. And if I had, to, if I was hard pressed to pick one, it would say paleo 
because it does focus on those food groups that I mentioned. Now, when you say treat yourself, you know, I, I always laugh with, with my clients because I, I hate the word. And you didn't use the word, but I hate when people say, can I have a cheat day? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> do you really need to, to put cheating on the same spectrum like an infidelity on your spouse or your partner in the same category as having a chocolate chip cookie I think uh, I, I do like <laughs> I'm like uh, let's call it some, let's reframe that so I do like the treat idea and again it depends on what the issue is the person is coming in to see me if they have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth no they cannot because then it un, it will undo all the hard work they've done for the past month it will literally set them back weeks of progress that they've made the same with food sensitivities or food intolerances you know the testing that i use will rate you like if you're a five severe against dairy or if you're a one on uh you know potatoes then i would you know we we design the plan based on on that testing then no you can't have ice cream on Sunday when you've been avoiding it for 40 days already. You know, it's going to set up that immune and that inflammatory response again. So yes, if you're working with me, the the treat day is going to vary depending on the issue. In the real world, when we're out there day to day, look, well, when I go to my girlfriend's house and she makes the best gluten-free sourdough bread on the planet, I take off the paleo hat. I'm going to have her sourdough that's been fermented for three days and you know made with rice flour okay did it you know I will do that I'm not I I think you're right about sustainable and that is my goal is to give someone sustainable lifestyle solutions to their long-term chronic issues so there is leeway within that plan it really just depends on the individual and what issue that we're trying to work on however out in the masses, if someone has an underactive thyroid, we know that gluten and soy are two of the worst foods for the thyroid gland. They actually block your own production of thyroid hormone. They block the medication from, from helping the thyroid. So, you know, I would say that's a, that's a non-negotiable um, for hypothyroid or Hashimoto's clients. Um, no gluten and no soy. Um, I often say no joy in soy, which is funny because, again, I got into this because I read John Robbins who, hello, eats a ton of soy. Right. Or he did, you know, back then. He may have changed somewhat now. But, again, you know, I like Michael Pollan's stance. I think he – I like his books and I like what he says, you know, eat food, uh, not too much, mostly plants. I can get on board with that, which may sound contrary – contradictory because I support a paleo diet and I say eat mostly plants but again it is mostly plants it's not a ton of it's not like you're sitting down to ribs and steak and you know for breakfast lunch and dinner there's there's always a vegetable in those meals for me so well, I think you're right in, in what you said earlier in the episode that you know, we have a lot of misconceptions and unfortunately we're not knowledgeable in all areas of food groups because there's a lot of plants that carry protein as well. It doesn't only come from meat or do, would you say that the, the protein in meat is a different kind of protein that you can come from veggies? 
Yeah, it is different. It's more, uh, the amino acid profile is different and also some of the other vitamins. Like for instance, um, I have quite a few patients or clients with autoimmune disorders that are also extremely low in iron. And it's always interesting too, to listen to your body because, um, one just recently came in and she's so fatigued and I sent a list of labs to have her doctor run. Sure enough, she came back with like extremely low iron, the lowest ferritin I've ever seen, which is a, a number for stored iron. And she's like, I've been craving bloody steak. And I'm like, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yes, please go eat a bloody steak, which it brings up a lot of issues uh, for, for people depending on their philosophy because she is a vegetarian, but she said, you know, for my health, I'm willing to do this. Now, of course, I'm supplementing her with various food-based iron supplements, and we're working on a whole bunch of other issues. But, yeah, if she has a steak once a month and she can, she's like, I know that it's helping, I can do that, you know. But it is important because that was a big clue that she needed iron, and and I haven't seen plant-based iron do what, unfortunately, we see in red meat. And plus, you have all those other... You have, and grass-fed. I am grass-fed. And that's the other reason why I like Michael Pollan, because it's about local and supporting, also supporting your farmer's markets and knowing where your food comes from and sustainability and all those issues that, I mean, come up all the time. I feel like... Um, I want to know where my, I want to know my farmer. I want to know where the cows, I want to know they're happy. I know that sounds crazy. It reminds me of a Portlandia episode, which was hilarious about chickens. And they were asking all the waiter, the questions about the chicken. Was the chicken happy? Did he have little chicken friends? Did he put his little wing around his other chicken friend? I mean, these are all issues that, that are up for people depending on their philosophy. But at the same time, we have to, to find a way to make it sustainable and affordable and, and healthy. And so we know that um, the mass farming of, of animals and the feedlots are not the way to go. So I do seek out those grass-fed alternatives and um, try to support that movement because I feel like it's very important. And the meat is completely different. So a grass-fed meat compared to a corn and soy fed meat are going to be completely different profiles. So again, I'm looking at how can I get the most nutrition, you know, in, in the food that I'm eating, because we know that there are differences in, in quality. And I think I got a little sidetracked with your question because again, no, it's good. It's fascinating. And um, it's definitely something that I, you know, I, I think about often because I'm one of those people that, you know, I work out quite a bit. I eat pretty healthy. And like how you mentioned earlier, if I have one day where I eat something, you know, that's not too healthy, I feel set back for a month sometimes and I don't quite understand. So definitely we'll catch up after the episode because I have more okay, questions. <laughs> yes. um, this is very fascinating. I'd love to jump into our power section, Samantha, if you don't mind. Sure. Can you tell us one book that you've read that has had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us? Wow. I, that's a hard one for me because Again, I, I go back to Diet for New America because of the timing of that book for me and where I was in my life. It was, you know, like a lightning bolt. But I don't agree with John Robbins, you know, food philosophy now for all of my clients. So it puts me in kind of, oh, well, that's not the book. Um, 
And I mean, I do, like I said, Michael Pollan's book, Food Rules. I like that book because, you know, not everyone can do every single rule, but it really opens your mind about how you think about where our food comes from. You know, it doesn't come from Ralph's and Vaughn's. Like, where did it come from before that? And it really puts the consciousness and gives us, the consumer, the power to change the food industry, which we're seeing that happen right now with GMOs, right? Genetically modified organisms. We're seeing Monsanto being banned in many countries. And we see a big fight here in the U.S. because we want to know, we need to know where our food comes from and we need to know where to spend our food dollars and who to support that transparency. So that to me is power because we've already changed. There's someone I follow. Her name is Food Babe. Um, I follow her on Facebook and she has, we're part of the Food Babe Army and she is always calling companies out. Like she called Subway out for using a substance in their bread that is found in yoga mats. Really? Yes. And so there was enough pushback from the population and the consumers that Subway removed it. I said, okay, we'll remove it because there was so much. And she does this all the time with different food, big, she goes after the big corporations because that, that is power to me. We can, every time that we are paying for food, we are voting for either for or against sustainability and transparency in our food system. So Michael Pollan does a great job of exploring that in his book. So I would say that would be my power book. Okay. And what's one thing that you've accomplished that you're proud of? Oh my gosh. I have to say being a mom, it's, you know, it's, I always knew I wanted to have a child, but then I kind of went through a period in my twenties where I didn't. I was like, Oh, I'm not going to have kids. You know, I'm not <laughs> going to do that. And I'm an only child. My dad is an only child. My husband is an only child and our son is an only child. So it's a very small family, but it was, you know, I I don't know. And I think a part of that really goes back to the birth itself because, um, because I have, years of studying homeopathy, I had a completely drug-free delivery and, It was such a powerful, life-changing experience when I came out of that, after doing that without medication. I'm not saying that if you do medication, you're, you're not powerful. But for me, it really gave me a sense of that because I read something while I was pregnant that while you're giving birth, there are 3,000 other women giving birth at the same time and to tap into that universal energy. And so I did that and, and I journaled about it and I wrote affirmations about my birth. And when I go back and I read those, it's pretty much exactly what happened. And so to me, that was a real example of the power of manifestation and after that, I just felt like I can do anything now. <laughs> I've done that. I can right. do anything. And, and through the years, I mean, he's 11 now, but it's just the most rewarding experience for me. And the fact that he, you know, I've been, and it's interesting having a child and doing the work that I do in terms of nutrition, because I didn't want to be the, no, you can't have that mom. Like I didn't want to be, I wanted him to develop a sense of of, um, his own body and what worked for him and what didn't work for him. And without me not, 
you know, trying really hard not to push my own agenda, <laughs> which isn't easy. Right. Um, but we discovered early on he had a pretty severe gluten sensitivity um, when he was really young. And so that kind of started his path to not eating gluten. And, you know, I think his first food was avocado. And so he's been a great teacher for me. And now he teaches all the parents when he goes to play dates. They're like, oh, we love when Zane comes over. He tells us what's great in our kitchen and what we could use instead. And I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That I hear him saying things that I say or when a drug commercial comes on television, now his favorite thing to do is go, wait for it, wait for it, listen to the side effects. And then, you know, they'll go through the side effects. And he's like, are you kidding me? And he's so animated about it. And so... It's just fun for me because I really did try to give him a lot of space around that Mm -hmm. Um, and that he's because I didn't want him to rebel and I didn't want him to feel like that I made him different in any way. So it's been kind of an interesting journey, but the birth itself was just such a powerful experience and and I was surprised and overwhelmed that I was able to do it. Um, with just the support of, you know, the doula and the midwife and some very well-chosen homeopathic remedies. <laughs> so. That was amazing. That, I mean, that's an amazing story. It's, it's not easy. And I'm sure it took a, maybe a little bit of convincing mentally to do that or no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I knew from day one, I wanted a home birth and, um, but I, I did the midwives at UCLA, the certified, okay. uh, they were fan fantastic because they that's all they do is birth babies you know that's right. it and uh it was it was an amazing like I said very powerful life-changing experience and I'm happy that I was able to do it very cool Samantha are there any routines that you have in your life that help you get a positive rise maybe a daily routine or something that you do in the mornings yes um I always, I live near the beach, so I try, especially lately, I've really found that I'm not moving as much because a lot of my work is sitting at a desk or sitting behind a computer. So I've incorporated movement more in my daily life. And so even if I can't make it all the way down to the beach, I do a walk, at least in the middle of the day, keep my energy up and to clear my mind. We know that the sun is amazing for serotonin. So it helps those happy hormones and neurotransmitters. So I really make it a point to get outside at some point through the day and to do a walk. Of course, I always start with breakfast because most, a big part of my life, I didn't do breakfast. I hated breakfast as a kid and in my, and I worked in restaurants um, many of the years when I was going to college, 13 years in the restaurant business. So, you know, you don't really eat until after your shift. So incorporating starting to have a good breakfast is a great way. And it's, it's a great self-care, too, because you're taking – and it can take five minutes to put something together. I feel like that starts your day off on a good note because it also keeps your blood sugar balanced because when your blood sugar drops and say that you start with that bagel in the morning, you get what I call hangry later, (laughs) or I call it BSM blood sugar meltdown. And then you're tired and your head hurts. So it's a small thing, but really just starting your day with a, a nice protein rich breakfast and trying to get outside. Even if 
You can do a 15 minute walk at lunch. Just getting outside to raise those, that serotonin and those endorphins really helps keep you positive and a little more focused through the day. So I encourage it. It doesn't, a lot of times people think exercise is what you and I were saying earlier about killing yourself at the gym and working out an hour every day. But really we found that if you do 30 minutes and you can do it in 15 minutes, one part of the day and 15 minutes, the other are the same benefits as if you did that whole 30 in one stretch. And I think that's doable for most people is to find a 15 minute window during their day and maybe 15 minutes after dinner, just to do a walk, just to get us outside, to get us connected with nature. All of that helps, helps me stay positive and focused. I'm really happy that you said that last part about breaking up your workout because there's, there's quite a few people that get stressed out about that. Oh, I don't have the time. I can't do an hour in my day, but I mean, you're right. Waking up, you know, and doing 15 minutes of a stretch and some cardio, and then maybe later on in the night doing another 15 minutes. It's something that I think is very doable and sustainable for people. Absolutely. Because it can be overwhelming. And if I'm already helping someone that is stressed to the max and burning the candle at both ends. The last thing I'm going to recommend is to get up at 5 a.m. to go to that, you know, CrossFit class. No, I don't want you to go to CrossFit. (laughs) And they're like, what? I'm like, you are in adrenal fatigue. I want you to sleep and then take a walk at lunch. And sometimes they look at me and they're like, oh, my God, you saved my life. Thank you. Because they feel terrible because they go, you know, they'll go kill themselves in the gym and they feel worse. I'm like, yeah, your body is breaking down and you're breaking it down even further. So less part of the, you know, the the rebuilding and rejuvenation is really a lot of people. I have to cut down their workouts because it is actually, um, causing more harm than good because tissue damage starts to happen and, you know, injuries, um, inflammation, So a lot of times they're grateful (laughs) because they have this imagine, you know, they they have this plan, imagine that I'm going to give them this really hardcore workout when I'd much rather them um, sleep in and and fit in the exercise later or do some yoga, like you were saying, you know, 15 minutes of, of some yoga on the floor, stretch. I mean, there's so many apps and videos and things that we can do now that we don't even have to leave the house. We can do it before we leave. Um, and then things like Pilates, I'm a big fan of Pilates, especially for women that struggle with core strength and, um, you know, walking and, and bike riding. My son and I now are doing bike rides every Sunday, you know, we'll be gone for like three hours, which is so fun because, and I don't care how many calories I'm burning because it doesn't matter. I'm moving and, and the hormones are shifting, and that's really what, what matters is movement, getting in the movement and, and finding something that you enjoy. Because if you dread it, it's really not helping you in any, in any way. It's really not. So, and you're not going to stick with it. So I always like to find, you know, what's the thing that you enjoy and to do that and, and do it, you know, fit it in. Obviously, I have to schedule things in because sometimes it doesn't happen if I don't. But sometimes I think we just need to step back because our lives are so busy and, and really that's where I try to encourage people to let's slow down a little bit and let's fit it in in other places because I'd rather you have that extra hour of sleep to help repair your adrenals and then it's going to help repair your blood sugar and how you break down carbohydrates. And so, like I said, a lot of what I do is education. 
because of the misinformation of eat less, work out more. That does not work. We are not bank accounts. You don't take in and put out like a bank account. We're chemistry labs. <laughs> There's a lot of factors. Right, right, right. A lot of factors, yes. I love that. Thank that's You have given such amazing advice. And um, again, the knowledge that you've shared with us today is incredible. Is there anything that we didn't get a chance to touch um, talk about that you'd like to say or share with us today? I don't think so. I mean, I could talk for four more hours, but <laughs> <laughs> we got quite a bit of information today. <laughs> exactly. But no, I think the bottom line is don't overthink it. Right. Um, that's my job. <laughs> I'm the one that overthinks it for you. Um, but to really like take it down, like when I'm saying, t- t- take a step back, let's take it down. Like you don't need Um, anytime I see fat free, of course I just cringe, um, (laughs) you know, fat free, sugar free, anything like that, that is a highly processed food. Right. And so it's like, keep it simple. It's like, go back to the basics. Did, do you know what this food looked like before it ended up on your plate? Right. Can you identify the plants that it came from? Can you identify the animal? You know, like think about bread. What does a piece of bread look like? It doesn't look anything like the wheat in the field, does it? Right. How many steps of processing? When I say processed food, I mean whole wheat bread is processed, right? Right. How many steps did it take to get that from the field? to your plate and what is it, how different does it look? So that's one of my big things. It's like, let's keep it simple. We don't need a ton of fancy marketed products with lots of colors and, and flavors. <laughs> you know, we really just need to go back to basics because our brains get hooked on these processed foods and we get wired for them, especially in children, we get wired for that. And so one thing I learned a long time ago from Dallas and Melissa that do the whole 30 said, you know, how can you expect to enjoy, um, Idaho if you're always on the Vegas strip? (laughs) I think about that with food, like Cheetos and Doritos and Yoplait and all those fake foods. That's the Vegas strip. Right. (laughs) Right? right. Woo. Exciting. Our brain chemistry goes crazy. Dopamine is loving it. And then Idaho is Idaho. It's meat, potatoes, and vegetables. It's like, uh, not as exciting. So in a lot of ways, we have to reprogram our brains because we've conditioned them to that automatic response. We get pleasure from a highly processed food because they spend millions of dollars on flavors and colors to make it that way. So keep it simple, I guess, is my takeaway. It doesn't have to be that hard. And one thing that my son pointed out years ago, which cracked me up, he goes, Hey mom, none of the food we eat is advertised on television. (laughs) It's true. Oh my gosh, you're right. It's yeah. You don't see commercials for broccoli, right? You don't see commercials for Brussels sprouts. I mean, so it is something to think about if it's on TV, don't eat it. I mean, that's, that's one way to look at it. Um, So again, keeping it simple, going back to basics and not overthinking it. Um, And then, you know, finding out how your body works is important and what hormones, you know, how it's important to keep those in check. And, And again, keeping it simple with food really is the takeaway. 
I love it. it. You, again, you have given us so much knowledge today. Thank you for your time. How do we stay connected to you and how do we support you? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, my website, you can find out information more, you know, about what I do and some of the testing and services that I offer. And that's my website, samfgrant.com. And that F is, um, Fisher stands for Fisher. Um, and then I have a great Facebook page. I love, um, posting about all the latest in nutrition news and that Samantha F grant certified nutritionist on Facebook. Um, I also have Instagram, but I'm more active on my Facebook page, but Instagram is Sam F grant CN. Um, and that's a little more personal. I'll, I'll post more personal things on my Instagram, but, um, the Facebook page, I post a lot about the latest research. And because again, a lot of times we just see the headlines and we don't really delve into the article. And so I try to dispel a lot of the myths once in a while. I'll do a rant on a, on a commercial, <laughs> you know, sometimes I can't help myself and I'll, I'll talk about commercial, you know, a specific commercial and what's true or not true about it. So I try to keep it fresh and new recipes and because even though food is simple, it still can be absolutely delicious because I like to eat. I like food. I find a lot of pleasure in that. And so that's how I like to support people as well. Like with that Facebook pages, you know, giving them recipes and things that we wouldn't think of before and, and so that it is sustainable and it tastes good. Thank you again so much for joining us and we'll definitely be in touch. Thank you. I'm so glad you were able to join us for that episode. If you're wanting more strategy, tips, and information, please head over to riseupforyou.com and sign up for our emailing list. We have a special jumpstart guide that gives you the first few steps to building your professional and personal life. Rise Up For You is all about getting to the next step and never allowing yourself to settle. So again, please head over to riseupforyou.com, join our network, and rise up in both your professional and personal life. Thank you again for joining. Rise up for you. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.